Welcome in to the left turn here on X106. And if you're a little bit confused, we're here an hour early Hello. because it's championship weekend. Jacob Blair, Trevor Mater, our second annual championship special here on X106. Last year wasn't the first annual, was it? It was. No, nothing well, is, well, nothing is okay. ever the first annual. It was the inaugural. <laughs> you, 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 okay, you got in here and told me we were going to get salty, Trevor. And and you came in and, yeah, and already we're 30, it was the first one last year. Yeah, it was it was the inaugural. It's not the first annual. Nothing is the first annual. Well, I know that, but well, then why did you agree that it was the first annual? Because anyways, I was assuming you were just mentioning the first one. Anyways, yeah, we're back here championship week at Homestead Miami Speedway. The last time at Homestead Miami Speedway for at least the foreseeable future. Then they're going to go to the barn burner that is ISM oh Raceway in, in Phoenix, Arizona. We got a lot to talk about with that today. Do we really, though? Well, we not we a have lot a lot to, t- to talk about that doesn't really have to do with the race. A lot to talk about. <laughs> uh, so the way that the way that these, this two-hour special works is we're going to set everything up in hour number one. Then kind of the crossover. We, we've got this fun debate. Where we've basically ranked the twenty-four different tracks. I hope you're buying in a lot of time for this because I feel like it's going <laughs> to take way longer than we expect. Well, uh, like you said, there's not a whole lot to talk about from from Phoenix ISM, whatever you want to call it. And then we'll go in and set up the championship in hour number two. We'll move to Homestead, so we'll start with Phoenix. We will start with the Cup Series and what was a dominating performance. At least there was that. Is Kind of like what Martin Truex did at Martinsville, Denny Hamlin, in a must-win situation, made the rest of the field look silly with just how fast that 11 car was all weekend long. That race was awful. And I'm not a a big, this race was awful guy. Many of our four listeners that listen weekly know that I'm actually one that is normally doesn't get too bent out of shape when a a race is boring because sometimes guys just dominate. And that's what happened yesterday. This race was, was boring. Um... If it wouldn't have been a cutoff race for the round of eight, I would I wouldn't have watched it probably. I mean, not just because Denny Hamlin led a lot of laps, but it's just there was no passing. Um, at one point, he had an eleven second lead, and I think there was something like seven cars on the lead lap. Um, it just was hard to get excited about this race. Here's here's the thing that with this race that that I'm gonna it's a it's a like very small devil's advocate. It's not, but. When you get 130 green flag laps in a row, you're going to get what you got on I Sunday. Think I no think matter right. what the package is, no matter what form of racing, you go 130 green flag laps, someone might have an 11-second lead. So you, the we, solution to that, and I know this is not the, the popular way, is how do you create more cautions? Well, see, Softer but tires? The reason I was going to say you know, I, I was, it was a small devil's advocate is you, you still, when you got close to someone, you still couldn't pass. So everyone was, you know, Denny Hamlin drove away by 11 seconds in that run at one point, and then he would get stuck in lap traffic, and then here came Kyle Busch. He got it down to like Seven, six and a half yeah, at one point, and then as soon as Hamlin cleared traffic, it went back up to nine seconds. So, so like the solution you, to that then is cautions. You, you couldn't pass, but also when you get a lot of green flag laps, you got a 67-lap run. And then a, a short burst to end the stage. You got a, a 69 lap run to end stage. Basically, all of stage two was run under green. And then all of stage three under green as well. You got the one caution where Chase Elliott 
we think blew a tire. That's what, that's Everyone's what he said. confused a little bit on exactly why that happened with the nine. That ended his title run. But after that, 130 green flag laps before the, the caution for John Hunter Nemechek set up a three-lap dash where you got a little bit of drama because of some, some pitch strategy. But part of I think part of the issue why this race struggled so much in terms of, of on-track action is, one, it was like Martinsville. One car just showed up. And one driver just showed up, wanted it more than everyone else, and was dominant. On the other side of that, with this aero package, it, it for some reason it's reversed last year, where the short track racing was great, the mile and a half racing was not. Now you're getting pretty good races at these mile and a half, two mile tracks. Now the short tracks are struggling just because the, the speeds are. I don't know what's making them struggle so much. You're, you're, the speeds are down so. Maybe it's because the, the corner speeds with downforce are higher. The, the fix to this is so stupidly simple that it's painful. Yeah. Get rid of the giant spoilers on the back. You know, get rid of the high downforce. If you want to short tracks, just for tracks smaller than a mile. You know, if you want to go New Hampshire, Phoenix, Martinsville, Richmond, Bristol. You know, Bristol it didn't seem to be a problem because one, you've got banking. There, be look at a track like Phoenix where it's pretty flat. well flat unless you're on the apron. Um, which we saw a lot of. Which we saw, yeah. Just we, to get clean air. Just, yeah, we saw a lot of that yesterday. Um, go to a mile or less short track package. It's going to be okay if you do that. It, NASCAR I, fans don't care about what package you run at what track as long as it's an entertaining package. And, and you're going to get the com- people that complain. It's too confusing to figure out which, rule, which, which rules they run. But as you mentioned, most of them aren't going to care if the right, racing's I, better. I couldn't and, care less what the rules package is, is if it's going to create exciting racing. And on these short tracks, I think you're right. The spoilers are just too high, and it's pretty simple. You, you go over to the cars. You unbolt the spoiler on it right now. You hand them another one and say, put it on. Because all those spoilers they get anyways are given to them at the track. Yeah. I mean, they, it's not like it's something they well, show up and with. And the spoilers right now, you can look at them, and they do this uh, short track racing as well. You have an initial spoiler, and then it's basically just a sheet. There's a set, It's two different materials bolted together basically to get the height. They're not bolted. Yeah. It's the wrong verbiage there, but to get the height on the spoilers – Maybe you go to a two, three-inch spoiler on short tracks, make it simple, and then keep the package on the mile-and-a-halfs because it's working there. I think the mile-and-a-half package is the way to go. I, I will say that I think on – you know, we saw it at Kansas. Um, even Texas wasn't a – it's just a bad track. It wasn't a terrible race. It was just a bad track. Um, you know, Coke 600 was exciting. Vegas was all right. Chicago was exciting. Kentucky was exciting. This package on mile-and-a-half is doing, it fixed, I think, what, fixed what mile they wanted and a half. to do. But the problem is, is you fix the mile-and-a-halfs at the expense of the short tracks Which when the majority your of your fan base would rather see more excitement on the short tracks. And I think they've got to get that fixed next year. And I don't know if it's there's R&D concerns because teams want the opportunity – but there shouldn't be R&D departments in shops anyways. Put spoilers on, go race. Yeah. it's I think, Like I said, in Granite, I, I have no engineering background whatsoever. I think it's a really simple fix. Like, I don't know the the algorithm or all the numbers. If you gave me the algorithm and the numbers, I probably couldn't come out with a number. But, like, the, the drag coefficient, I, I'm pretty sure that the larger 
the spoiler, the higher that's going to, to be, the lower that is, the more sleek the car yeah. is, you lose downforce on short tracks, it's going to help. Well, and I think maybe a, a tire that wears out, too, would be a... That, that You know, we've seen, I think, maybe two races this year where tire wear actually kind of played a factor. Atlanta, early on in the season, and there was one I was just thinking of before. Maybe Darlington. Darlington. Charlotte. Darlington should have been yeah, one of them, Yeah, in too. Charlotte, too. So there's been, like, three races out of 35 where tires <laughs> have played a factor. They didn't at Dover, which they used to. Well, tires it, used to kill you at Dover. Getting to the end of this race, Denny Hamlin comes in. It had been, I mean, it went 130 laps. It was about an 80 to 90 lap fuel run. So they'd been on, they're on 40, 50 lap old tires. Hamlin comes down, takes two tires. Ryan Blaney comes down and takes two tires. I will also make the argument Ryan Blaney shouldn't have taken any tires. Ryan Blaney should have stayed. Kyle Larson shouldn't have pitted. I think Kyle Larson and Ryan Blaney both should have stayed out. I think if both of them stay out, one of them probably wins the race. And, and it, that, that goes to show Hamlin should have been eaten up by Kyle Busch and Twitter was I got off of Twitter yesterday I couldn't handle NASCAR Twitter yeah well and you topple the Chiefs loss on top of it Twitter was a bad place (laughs) yesterday but I mean you get a lot of news off of there and Hamlin was so good that I don't think two tires really mattered he was going to win the race as long as he got a good restart but Ryan Blaney still staying in the third position for most of that finished third taking two tires tires didn't matter like you i didn't said, if, see if, the fall off if i'm jeremy mullen or um chad johnson i think it's kyle larson's crew chief i would have stayed out there um got got in clean air hamlin would have been back battling with kyle bush um chances are one of those that was definitely kyle larson that was his only shot and yeah kyle larson I mean, Ryan Blaney had a fast enough car that they liked their well, on taking two you still start on the front row he had an opportunity but that was Kyle Larson's only shot, in my opinion. Didn't I, I, I didn't get that one entirely either. And, and if you're Joey Logano at that point, too, you've got to think about the same team, same thing. You're, you're out on points. Denny Hamlin's trying to win the race. Stay out. Make it harder on Denny Hamlin. Well, he, because, was, a lap, he was a lap down at the time. I guess he took, he took I the forgot waiver. there were yeah, six he, cars in the lead lap. He was Eric a lap Jones down. He the, took the wave around. Thank you for that. Um, yeah, but... That that was that's the other thing with a hundred and thirty lap run is a lot of cars go a lap down. I forgot Logano because everyone was so focused on Logano's run where his car went to garbage, just was shoving up the racetrack, went a lap down. I got that car fixed. He was back up to one of the fastest cars in the race, but did lose that lap to Denny Hamlin. Forgot about that. Trevor caught me on that. So I was paying attention. Point to Trevor there. Yeah, I've collected a lot of them this year. Yeah, you have. We'll get to that later too. Yeah, this was, I don't know, you know, Phoenix is the, the or ISM, whatever the heck you want to call it, is the, the championship race hit, uh, for 2020. And I Fixed the aero package. I don't, great. I, was, I don't think any, any NASCAR fan is crazy to walk away from that and go, oh, boy, this is a championship race. Like the, you said, I think it's the, a simple the track, fix. The track is perfect for it. You go back to last year, that was a really good race. Fix the aero package, you're going to have one heck of a championship race next year. You leave it like it is. One, you're insane, but two, just fix it. It's not that – maybe it's a little bit harder than we make it seem. Again, we're not engineers, but it, it really shouldn't be that difficult to put smaller spoilers on these cars. It really shouldn't. And and you have short track races before to, to maybe play around with it a little bit too. And that could be what ends up happening too is they could go to the – 
the spring race in, in Phoenix, or is it like the third week of the season, I think, and that race be an absolute clunker, and them go, oh, no. Um, Let's try this. We really need to so, fix up. And then you have Martinsville and Richmond and stuff and, to toy with. And here, here's, here's an example of, of how just with the way Arrow, and Arrow's not going to go away. They're not, it's not going to change when it matters. They figured that out a while ago, and the drivers that figured it out before everyone else, back when, when Earnhardt was racing, they, they did better. When they learned that, hey, there, there's some wind force going on here. Aerodynamics matter. They're not going away. So you, you have to, you, they're not going to – I think one of the biggest solutions would be to get the cars off the ground. Stop having them be, be sealed to the ground. But that's not going to go away. You're not going to get rid of yeah, that with the way the shocks and the springs and, and, and the setups on these cars. It's not going away. So look at IndyCar. And, yes, it's oval versus road course, but there's two different packages where those cars look completely different based on where they're racing. It's not that hard and, and tough. And, yeah, it might add a little bit of cost because you got to switch – aero packages out but find a short track package find a intermediate track package and keep them separate at this point because this package like you've mentioned the mile and a half and the um the super speedways have been phenomenal um for road courses and short tracks no no it's been just backwards from what it was a year ago and what should be three years ago or five years ago or I would much rather be complaining that the one-and-a-half-mile races were a, a little tough to watch than the short track races. Now, with that being said, I, I do think this week's race will be exciting. Uh, I think well, the, Absolutely. I think the way the package lines up, and, and, and you don't, I don't know either, you, know, you throw in the fact that next year is going to be a championship race, maybe it'll end up being a little more exciting. With this format, we've yet to have a bad race, but we've also yet to have a race away from Homestead. So I don't, I don't know. We'll see. We do know the four that will be there. Denny Hamlin, he picked up the win at Phoenix, 143 laps led, a must-win situation for him. Didn't what wasn't necessarily a must-win coming in, but after stage two, Joey Logano picked up the necessary points, really didn't put a dent in that gap between him and, and Bush and Logano. So barring uh, crashes, Hamlin knew he needed to win, went out and did it. So he is in the championship four. Kyle Busch finished second. That was enough for him. He is in the championship four as well. And he'll join Martin Truex Jr. and Kevin Harvick as the four drivers that will race for a championship this weekend. Your race here at Phoenix. Again, Denny Hamlin, the winner. Kyle Busch, second. Ryan Blaney, third. Kyle Larson, fourth. Kevin Harvick, fifth. Martin Truex Jr., sixth. Eric Jones, seventh. Clint Boyer, eighth. Joey Logano, ninth. Brad Keselowski, tenth. And then rounding out the playoff drivers, Chase Elliott again with the one of the lone on-track <laughs> cautions. Chase Elliott last. had the weirdest playoff since the inception of the Did the he playoffs. have the worst playoff round since this started? I, 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 uh, his close. average finish was 32nd. It's bad. Uh, I think Eric Jones might have topped that because, you know, he got disqualified. And, yeah. Um, but you look at Chase Elliott's playoffs as a whole. Wasn't bad the first two races at, at Vegas and Richmond. Rexon then wins at the Roval, which would have, if it had ended right there, that would have been crazy enough. Has a, a really good car at Talladega, Rex. Well, first he has the, the weird problem at Dover. Then he wrecks at Talladega. By the skin of his teeth, gets in at Kansas. Then had, was it, brake problems at Martinsville. 
Brexit it text. Brake, it was uh, axle, rear axle. end. Okay, I knew it was stuff. something mechanical. Brakes there. Rexit Texas, Rexit Phoenix. You want to talk about the weirdest playoffs ever. And he had a chance to win it right down to the end. I mean, if Chase Elliott would have won yesterday, nobody would have been surprised. No. You almost picked him. I, I'm glad I didn't. <laughs> That would have made yeah, that would have made it real interesting. I think I, gave, I think I saved myself about thirty points. Oh. Definitely given Christopher Bell's weekend, I think I saved myself about thirty points in picking oh, him. Oh goodness! So again, Denny Hamlin, Kyle Busch, Martin Truex Jr., Kevin Harvick, the championship four. The big storyline there: three Joe Gibbs racing cars in the championship four. That team has now won eighteen of the thirty-five yes. races this season. In terms of team performance, if it, this isn't the most dominant year by a team, it will be if they get a championship so at Homestead. I've done some thinking on this. I know we had this conversation yesterday. I know in 2007, Rick Hendrick with Jeff Gordon, Jimmy Johnson, Casey Mears, and Kyle Busch won 18 races. Johnson won 10. Gordon won 6. Casey Mears won the only race he ever won. And then Kyle Busch won 1. Johnson and Gordon finished 1-2. In the championship, 2005, um, Roush, it was just Roush racing at the time. They didn't win the championship, but Greg Biffle, Mark Martin, and Carl Edwards and Kurt Busch combined for, I think it was, and Matt Kenseth, 15 wins. All five of them were in the top 10. Um, Biffle second, Edwards third, Martin fourth, Kenseth seventh, Kurt Busch tenth. So when you look at it in the grand schemes of things, this is one of, if not the most dominant performance by a team ever. I, I think we, we really have to wait one more week. Because if Kevin Harvick goes in there and he, I think Kevin Harvick one's got an uphill battle against him just because he's got three Gibbs cars that he has to race against. How much of a factor do you think Eric Jones plays? He, he's going to be fast. Yeah, he's, he's good at this there. track. I, I think I, I think if he's running, say second or third, Harvick's fourth, and one of the Gibbs teammates out front in front of him, he's going to make, make it, it really he's hard. Make it really hard to get around. He might it. get turned. <laughs> Yeah, but, but but then again, you could say too. How hard do you think the Stewart Haas cars are going to make it? But you know, if, there's there's three of them racing for nothing. If Joe Gibbs and that team, one of those three drivers, go out and wins the race to give them 19 of the 36, wins the championship. Yeah, hands down, this is the most dominant season yeah. by no, a I, team I, I think in right. history. And it's and the the crazy thing about it for me is that Kyle Busch. Yeah, I helped at the start of the season, but it's really been Martin Truex Jr. and Denny Hamlin. If you would have said 18 of the 36, 35 races thus far, who's your leading winner from that team? I'd say Kyle Busch. And he's not. It's Martin Truex, Truex with seven. Hamlin with six now. Busch with five. Jones with one. Yep. Yeah. And and all those from Kyle Busch came early in the season. And, and Busch has basically just used his playoff points. Correction, Busch with four. Bush has just used his playoff points to just get three round. And I think that kind of makes him dangerous, though, too, come Homestead, because they've been able to use those and still feel pretty confident that they're going to get to Homestead. Um, it's going to be a battle. It's going to be fun. Yeah, I want to see what happens. the Chiefs if, play if, Monday night. Yes. I want to <laughs> see what happens if one of those two, like if two of them um, get into get into it. And I think someone, it was one of the call-in, there's a, there's a show on NBC where they, they let fans call in and there was a question of how will the, the Gibbs teammates, will they kind of all go off on their own? Will they help each other? 
And I think that that brought up an interesting point. It was a good fan question of now you've got, you know, as a team, you've got your own sponsors, you've got your own team. How much do the Gibbs team share with each other up until race time? I know once the green flag drops, everyone's on their own and, and, and they'll be running for themselves for a championship. But practice the week up, like, what is that? And we obviously aren't going to know this, but what is that organization like right now having three, basically a 75% chance to win the championship? I bet it's a it's a unique dynamic for sure. Um, I'm going to guess there won't be a whole heck of a lot of information sharing. But then again, TRD could say, hey, guys, one of you guys has to win this championship. Um, if if Kevin Harvick finds a way to win it, that's well, going to be a kick. And, to, and let us not forget, Kevin Harvick's not coming into this. He didn't sneak in. He won no. his way in. He's gotten – the first half of the season was a struggle for Stuart Haas. The second half is not But been. even when it was a struggle, it wasn't they like – They were getting it, close. It, it wasn't like he was running 17th all the time. It was, this is a, a fast race car. This is not a, a Joe Gibbs racing battle. You're not going to be like, oh, it's those three and we won't have to worry about Kevin Harvick. No, Harvick's going to be up there. He's going to be racing for this championship. You know, You're going to have four – guys up there up front all, all race long. You know, you go back and you look, 2014 championship for Kevin Harvick, Ryan Newman, Denny Hamlin, Joey Logano. Everyone kind of had thrown Ryan Newman out of it. 2015, Jeff Gordon, Kyle Busch, Kevin Harvick, Martin Truex. Everyone had kind of writ, written Martin Truex out of it. The last couple of years, we haven't really had that. I know a lot of people were kind of writing Joey Logano out of it last year going in. Well, look how that turned out. Any one of these four can win. You've got three former champions and a guy that is as hungry as ever to become a champion. You've got, for my money, four future Hall of Famers in this. You've got you know a couple Daytona 500 winners. This is going to be epic. This, this is like Tom Brady against Peyton Manning or Aaron Rodgers against Drew Brees to, to win the Super Bowl. I think in terms of competition-wise, in terms of... The, the best four drivers this year you could have in the, the championship four, this is the best. The last two years, it's been that way. Well, And, and, and I think you even say the last three years. Some, some interesting things about this is these are your four best drivers this season, point blank period. Kyle Busch, best average finish at 9.2. Hamlin, 9.5. Martin Truex Jr. at 10th. Kevin Harvick, 10.2. Those are your top four in that. Your top four in wins this season. Martin, Kevin Harvick, or excuse me, Martin Truex Jr. was seven. Denny Hamlin was six. Kevin Harvick and Kyle Busch with four. Next on the list is Chase Elliott with three. You look at top fives. Denny Hamlin has 19 top fives this season. Three more than his teammate Kyle Busch. Kevin Harvick, Martin Truex Jr. both have 14. No one else on that list is higher. Those are your top four. Go to top tens. Same thing there. 26 for Kyle Busch, 25 for Kevin Harvick. 23 for Denny Hamlin and Martin Truex Jr. The only other driver with at least 20 was Joey Logano. These are your four best drivers this season, and they're going to put on a heck of a show at Homestead this weekend. Yeah, I mean, and I think you could say last year, too, with Truex, Bush, Harvick, and Logano, those were the four best. Um, And then two years ago with, I think it was Truex, Keselowski, Harvick, and Bush, those were probably the best as well. But you look, this is, I think, maybe the most accomplished field of championship four that, that we've ever seen with these four um a, a lot of wins some championships and it's gonna be awesome 167 career wins between the four drivers um three daytona 500s three championships it's gonna be fun 
It's going to be a good one again. Championship four at Homestead this weekend. Denny Hamlin, Kevin Arvick, Martin Trucks Jr., Kyle Busch. Everyone equal on points. The guy that finishes in the best position wins. One of us is going to win, aren't they? I mean, we'll see. history shows they're going to. History does. Um, now, you always got to factor in a guy like Kyle Larson who runs really well at Homestead. Brad Kislowski runs really well at Homestead. Um, Eric Jones is going to be fast as well. But the winner wins the This is the sixth year of the format. The last five years, the winners won the championship. They're going to bring out their again. best cars. It's going to happen until it doesn't. Again, Homestead, Denny Hamlin, Kevin Harvick, Martin Truex Jr., Kyle Busch, everyone equal on points. One driver will walk away with a championship. Truex, Harvick, and Busch looking for their second. Hamlin looking for his first. Our number two on the left turn today will look at and preview Homestead specifically, make our, our choices, talk about who's going to win the championship. But first, we're going to take a break here on the left turn, come back. We're going to set up the Xfinity Series and the Truck Series from Phoenix. This is the left turn on X106. Welcome back to the left turn here on X106. Jacob Blair, Trevor Mater with you. Again, our two-hour championship special will now set up the four drivers in both the Xfinity Series and the Truck Series that made it to the championship four at Homestead via the race at Phoenix. We'll start with the Xfinity Series. Two different parts of this race, one dominated by Christopher Bell, the other dominated by Justin Allgaier. Bell already locked into the championship four. That was the only driver as far locked in is none other is Brandon Jones won at Kansas. So still at least two spots would be in on points. But Justin Allgaier didn't have to worry about that as he dominated the second half of the race and locked his way in after winning his first race of the season at ISM. And we knew that was a possibility. He's I, been, I picked him. Yeah, he's been so good at Phoenix throughout his career. Um, and he, he wasn't in a must win. He actually came into the good. But uh, a win guaranteed him the spot. So well, and there was a, a point of the race. Chase Briscoe had a fast car. He led 14 laps. Austin Sendrick was around the front all race long. But, again, it was Christopher Bell. I think it was a, a pit road penalty for him that, that kind of started the chain of events that led to the 16th place finish for Bell after leading the dominating the first half of the race, leading 92 laps overall. And Justin Allgaier. He wins the race. He locks himself in, so he takes spot number two, Bell spot number one. Then Cole Custer, he finished second in this one, and that, and after stage two even, he locked his way into the championship four, and then Tyler Reddick in there as well. So no real big surprises after Reddick finished third. No big surprises in really the championship four. The big three of the Xfinity Series made it this season, and then for me, Justin Allgaier all season long. I know he didn't win a race, he, for me, he was the most consistent. I had him in the championship four as well. I think my favorite thing about Phoenix is that guys still get playoff points for winning stages and, and winning the it race. It doesn't matter like anymore. It, like it matters or something. Stage points matter when it comes down to points. But they get playoff points for winning the stage. Those don't and, matter. Yeah, and it's stupid. Like, why even give them out? It doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't matter. Why give them out in the, the final round at all? Yeah. So I've actually um, I got to thinking about this. Um, and I've heard other people talk about too. So, you know, Kyle Busch rode into the, the championship courtesy of his, his playoff points. Um, he had a really not a very good playoff at all. Um, and, but he didn't need to. But there are some people that have not been super thrilled with that. Um, but, and this is what this, the, the stages and the playoff points were decided to do. Is there a way that maybe that could be changed to where I, 
Wait. to where I mean, because Kyle Busch did not have a good playoff at all. But do you cut him? Do you maybe go where say, hey, after that first round, you only use the playoff points you accumulated in the round before? No, I, I think the the reason the playoff points were put in, remember, this wasn't how it was originally no, laid out. No, it wasn't. Was because basically because of what because some of the the best drivers of the year weren't getting anything for their run in the first 26. Yeah, you made the playoffs, but with racing, it's not – yes, this is a playoff format, but it's not but it like – it shouldn't give you a buy into the championship for – Well, tell the other drivers to do a little bit more. Right, right. Kyle, get, it wasn't like no, Kyle Busch went saying. out and, and did what Chase Elliott did and averaged a 32nd place finish in the final round and still made it. He wouldn't have if he did that. He did enough with what he did with the regular season where – and it's – like with where the points would be – Without the playoff, he'd still be in the top four. Yeah, you're, I, you're probably right. Um, I don't know. It, I, I know he's not winning races, but he's consistently – it's like, oh, Kyle Busch finished sixth. Wasn't a factor, but finished sixth. Like, I'm not, I'm not complaining about it by any means. Um, he had a great regular season. He should be rewarded that in some way, but maybe – Yes, his – playoff wasn't great but yeah this is still the four best drivers oh, this it is. season and he probably would have got there regardless he had the insurance points to go off of is what benefited him well and you go back to the rounds the round of 16 you you make it even and i didn't go do the math i'll say that right now so but just based on his performance through each round he'll, he would have made it through the round of 16 the round of 12 probably would have made it there as well this is the only round where it might have been questionable. He's still at a second. Hey, he wasn't bad in, it, in, the round wasn't, of 12, in the round of eight. It wasn't like Kyle Busch was bad. He just... I just... And this isn't just making an example of Kyle Busch. I, I would like to see maybe where you get all your playoff points in the first round to guarantee those guys get to the round of 12. Then maybe cut them in half the round of 12 to where they don't mean as much. Then you cut them in half again at the round of eight. Or where you only get playoff points for what you did in the round of 16. Because, yeah, what you did in the regular season matters. But how many times have we seen teams go 15-1 and one in the NFL and then not make the Super Bowl? Because guess what? They struggled. But they still got a home playoff game. Right. They're getting through the round of 16 will be a home playoff game. That would give them basically it, it, it's a hard buy to, into the round to, of 12. It's hard to compare it. I, I like the way it is now. I'm not complaining. I'm just throwing out ideas. And and I think Kyle Busch did enough to make the championship I four. Think he made enough out of the round of eight for sure. I think you could argue with, you know, the round of, I think it was the round of 16, he wasn't. Tell other drivers to do a little bit yeah. better. No, and you're if not. If you wrong. don't do better in the regular season, you, 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 you've got an uphill battle. That's what this is set up to do. It's not set up. The, what, what, what would, what. I think everyone didn't like about the, the original format is you could dominate the regular season and there was nothing there. There was no home playoff game. It, there was no advantage for someone that snuck in in the 16th spot and barely got in. I, I, that, that's where the – I like where it is. I like that the, the playoff points are there, and then you get to the last race, and it, it's up for grabs between four Yeah, drivers. and that's the part that I really like. I'm glad there's no stupid playoff points when it comes in. And, and like I said, I'm not complaining about it. I, he did what he had to do to get to the playoffs. He's kind of put together a, a Jimmy Johnson-esque 
playoffs. He's known what he's had to do. Um, and now he's got to go in. And now he's got to go and it, in. And if he doesn't, if, if for some reason, the latter half of the season, he, he, he doesn't have the ability to go win in Homestead, he's not going to be your champion. Yeah. It'll take care of itself. Yeah. But he deserves to be there. Oh, yes. I'm not saying he doesn't deserve to be there. So, but I think it would have been a lot more interesting if he wouldn't that have was, had that cushion. That was today's edition of our new segment, Trevor's Tangents. We're going to go back to the Xfinity series now. There wasn't really a lot to talk about. Well, we, we still got to mention that, <laughs> you know, Justin Allgaier won, Cole yep. Custer second, Tyler Reddick third, John Hunter Nemechek fourth, Zane Smith fifth, Austin Sendrick sixth, Justin Haley seventh, Chase Briscoe eighth, Michael Annette ninth, and then Noah Gragson was in tenth, Christopher Bell, the other playoff driver, in the 16th position. Again, Allgaier, Bell, Custer, and Reddick, the championship four for the Xfinity Series. We'll now move to the Truck Series. And their race on Friday, Friday night. night. I don't know why I paused there. That was, yeah, that was. I was confused. <laughs> but I, I think dangerous is is what I would use for the driver that, that won this race. He picked up his first win of the year, your first win of his career at Eldora, dirt race. Kind of, if you want to say a, an advantage to one driver, would go to this one. Now he's got his first win on the pavement. Stuart Friesen picks up the win in the Truck Series at Phoenix. Yeah, I think he, like you said, dangerous is the right word to use for him come Homestead. The Homestead is kind of a track that tends to to favor the the dirt racer, so to speak. We've seen guys like Kyle Larson and Christopher Bell run well there. Um, Or even just a short track racer. Johnny Sodder's been really good there as well. And uh, he put together a really good race, came up when it mattered, and punched his ticket to the championship four. And Top rest of the top five non-playoff drivers. Brandon Jones finished second. Chandler Smith, who when that when that driver is old enough to have a full-time ride, he will probably win the championship. Chandler Smith is really 2021. good. So 2021, your truck champion, Chandler Smith. We don't even need to run the year. Just give it to him now. Ben Rhodes. Maybe <laughs> it might take him one year. I might say 2022. Well, 2021, I'll tell you now, my preseason – my way too early 2021 Truck Series champion picks, Chandler Smith. Ben Rhodes finished fourth, Grant Enfinger fifth, Matt Crafton sixth. That did enough for him to point his way in. Matt Crafton will be in the championship four. Seventh was Harrison Burton, Johnny Sauter in eighth, Ross Chastain ninth. He's in the championship four. Brett Moffitt, tenth. He's in the championship four. The two drivers not able to move on. Austin Hill finished 13th. Then Tyler Ankrum, a rough day for him. He finished 26th. Yeah, um, this kind of went maybe the way I thought it would, other than maybe Friesen winning. Um, I had picked Ankrum earlier on in the season to make the championship for. Just couldn't Still put it together. Yeah, I don't really know know why either. Um, I thought maybe we'd see one guy in there that had no business getting in there, and then it almost turned out to be Austin Hill instead. Um, but see, but Austin, I would argue Austin Hill had more of a, an argument to make the championship for than Matt Crafton. Yeah, I don't know how Matt. Matt Crafton. <laughs> I mean, if you want to talk about a Ryan Newman way to get to the championship four, Matt Crafton this season. Yeah, let's look at Matt Crafton's playoff races. Um, so it started at Bristol. 7th, 11th, 30th, 8th, 23rd, 6th. He somehow got in the playoffs or into the championship four. Because, he, because the races that mattered. And, and let's – He didn't make the mis- – Let's. Well, he, he blew up a little bit later than everybody else at Las Vegas. Just so, well, I mean, we're literally talking a couple laps. 
separating maybe Grant Infinger from Matt Craft and being in the championship for well, and, and let's not forget with the way the season went, there was one driver, one, that locked their way into the playoffs via points. His name was Matthew Craft and Finger. Well, he, he got a lock because he was the point right. champ, the regular he, season champion. Yes, he didn't win a race, but they also have the, the where that driver gets locked in. So the only driver that didn't necessarily have that locked-in bid was Matt Crafton. Now he's in your championship four. So Stuart Friesen, two wins this season, 12 top fives, 16 top tens. Ross Chastain, three wins, nine top fives, 18 top tens out of 22 races. Brett Moffitt, four wins, 12 top fives, 16 top tens. Let's go to Matt Crafton. Zero in the win column, just six top fives and 17 top tens. And has Ryan Newman his way. To He's going to mess around and win this. Probably. Thing. And it's going to be awesome. And he was a guy earlier this year that was kind of critical of the playoff system. Um, he's a two-time champion. You go back and you look at his career. I think it was 2014. He won a whopping one. Uh, 2013, he won a whopping one truck race. He won two in 2014. Then he won six in 2015. Didn't win the championship. Um, he's just kind of grinded things out. And I'm going to go ahead and say this right now. If Matt Crafton finds a way to win the championship, go ahead and put him in the NASCAR Hall of Fame. He's going to be enough of he's, a truck I mean, series driver. I know there's these idiots out there that say, well, but this is like double A or single A of NASCAR, which is completely false. There, um, there's no there's no comparison for the, the levels of NASCAR racing with anything else. Yeah. It, it's a – it's – there's top level drivers in this series. It's there's a lot more things that, that go on with a guy being able to, to get in the Cup Series than, than just talent. Um, Matt Crafton will have won his third Truck Series championship in ten years. So Ron Hornaday esque performance, and to me that that would make him worthy of Hall of Fame. I think you could argue that he's a Hall of Famer anyways, um, but that that would put him in the Hall of Fame in my opinion. Kind of skipped over this when we went through the Xfinity series, but really, with you know, we were you look at the truck series argument, maybe that the top four didn't of the year didn't make it, and the Xfinity series that argument isn't there. The top four drivers made it this year Justin Allgaier, one win, 16 top fives, 24 top tens, Christopher Bell, eight wins, and I will say that I think I predicted him to win like 12 to 15 races yeah, this year. Yeah, you said 12. So you it was a little, little, little high there, He wouldn't still. have wrecked so much. Yeah. He might have, if I wouldn't have picked him, he probably would have won. If you'd have picked him, he'd have won like 14. Yeah. But, but Christopher, well, eight wins, 19 top fives, 20 top tens. That's where you can talk about all the crashing Christopher Bell's done. Tyler Reddick, five wins, 23 top fives, 26 top tens. Cole Custer, seven wins, 16 top fives, 23 top tens. The only drivers that any better on that list, Austin Sendrick has one more win than Justin Allgaier, but with him, only 14 top fives, 23 top tens, and those two wins came on road courses. And then Chase Briscoe, actually the second on the list in terms of top tens with 25, but I still think these were your four best. How much do you think Chase Briscoe despises Garrett Smithley now? A lot. I mean, that Garrett I mean, Smithley, I mean, think, Garrett think Smithley single-handedly cost Chase Briscoe an opportunity think about to make it now. the championship four. If, and, and who's to say Chris Rebell doesn't pass Chase Briscoe? We don't I know. don't know. I think Chase Briscoe wins that race. I think that race is entirely different. You're talking about one of the 
probably another one of the greatest finishes in Kansas Speedway history. I mean, then we're talking. But we didn't get that. Let's hype that go say Chase Briscoe wins that race. Justin Allgaier's win yeah, Saturday would have bumped, I think, Tyler Reddick. Would have been the, the man sitting out. Yep. You know, that would have been. But it didn't happen. It didn't. I mean, so we could do hypotheticals all day long, which I think we're going to do here in a few. But <laughs> we're going to do a lot of hypotheticals here in, in a few minutes. But on the truck series, Stuart Friesen, Matt Crafton, Ross Chastain, and help me out, Trevor. My, my brain went blank. Stuart Friesen. Stuart Friesen, Brett Moffitt, Ross Chastain. It was Brett Moffitt I forgot there for a oh. second. You're not even listening. No. <laughs> Brett Moffitt, Stuart Friesen. Ross Chastain, Matt Crafton in the Truck Series on Friday for the Truck Series Championship in the Xfinity Series. Justin Allgaier, Christopher Bell, Cole Custer, Tyler Reddick Saturday for the Xfinity Championship. Denny Hamlin, Kyle Busch, Martin Truex Jr., Kevin Harvick on Sunday for the Cup Series. Before we preview all that in hour number two, we've got all 24 tracks on the Cup Series schedule. We've ranked them in terms of where we want to see the championship race. And I can foreshadow and say we don't agree on hardly anything we'll be back to talk about it on the left turn welcome back to the left turn here on x106 jacob blair trevor mater with you here in our number one of the second annual two-hour championship special now we're going to well let's be honest we're about ready to argue for a while it's gonna be fun we have ranked the 24 tracks on the current nascar it's schedule. technically 23 tracks 24 circuits if you want to be technical got so Okay, you're gonna have to like get me on something. And just keep this going, and you know, semantically, because yep. it's still it's still Charlotte. Charlotte it's just it's the Roval configurations. Yeah, configurations. I guess would be a good way of putting that. Because I'm pretty sure we'll see that at Indy here soon. You're probably right. I, Lord, I hope so. Uh, and so, so some of the the rules on this list. The way we did this is one could not include any tracks we think should be on the schedule in the future or will be on the schedule in the future. So Gateway, Iowa, Iowa Nashville. Uh, Nashville, any of those tracks, uh, Lucas Oil Raceway, so the old IRP, because they change names all the time at that racetrack. We did stay at Lucas Oil Raceway for a while, but that's beside the point at this point. The other, so, uh, Some other stipulations with these rankings is weather, not a factor. Obviously, Michigan, not an option this weekend. Yeah, realistically, it wouldn't be a good idea to run in probably like Michigan or Chicago or Pocono. Although, I do remember back in 2001, they did run in New Hampshire the Friday after Thanksgiving because the race had got pushed back due to the September I, I 11th mean, attacks. It did snow at Martinsville. Right. It was <laughs> really years freaking ago. cold in New Hampshire that day. Um, so it could maybe be done, but it'd be a so logistical real, nightmare. Realistically, you only have so many tracks to actually choose from where like, it will be warmer than 50 degrees and not snowing at this time of the year because here in Maryville, there's snow on the ground and no one's happy. But So we threw weather out the, out the window, and then we are basing it on the current aero package, the, the product we have on the racetrack. It's not a... a well, what if we fixed it? It's what we have, the product, right now. Under the assumption that so, they're going to change nothing for next correct. year. So it's a little bit backwards where we're throwing weather out the window, but then we're keeping the aero package. But it's more, it's more fun that way because if we threw the weather in but not the aero package, then we're missing out on what I feel like are some, some good tracks. But um, then it's not realistic because you're not going there anyways. Maybe, but you don't know that. Here's the thing. They keep moving the championship weekend 
up earlier. Yeah. You get it? Last weekend of October, you open up a lot of tracks. Maybe not there Michigan, are, maybe not Chicago. Kansas opens yeah, up. Yeah. You, you, so you do open Martin's up some up. tracks. So we're going to start here in, in part number one. We're going to go 24 through 11. Trevor, what is the la- what is the race you would least like to see? the championship race at. I've got Sonoma. I enjoy road course racing, but um, this year the top finishers were separated by 30 seconds, and this course is too technical. Wouldn't make an exciting race. And I've got Texas at 24. <laughs> that track needs fixed. It either needs to widen out, or they just need to, to chop it up and redo. Give it another go on the reconfiguration. I don't, I don't want to see a track be the deciding factor in a race. I understand sometimes that that makes for an interesting race. I just don't want to see the championship race come down to, hey, I went one centimeter over the invisible groove that's 197 feet from the wall, and my car took off. Don't want to see that. Texas is last on my list. Number 23, I've got Indy. I've I've never been a fan of this race. Um, I don't know how you make it exciting. It should never in the regular season finale. I don't want it to be the championship finale. Some agree on something, my 20 third track Sonoma I just I agree I don't think I, I think it's too technical I, I also I don't think a road course should be the championship race just because it fan wise you can't see everything if it's going to be this isn't the one right if it's going to be there's one it should be it's not Sonoma 22nd Trevor Pocono I like Pocono but um for one running it in a potential snowstorm <laughs> aside from that nothing about it screams championship race I agree I've 22nd on my list, Pocono as well. I think this is where we start to have some disconnect. A lot of it. 21, I've got Michigan. Uh, the aero package has kind of been hit and miss there. It was supposed to make these races more exciting. The June race sucked. The August race was all right, but a lot of that was because of different fuel strategies. I'm just not, never been intrigued by Michigan. I've got New Hampshire on my list. I know it's a short track, but we're basing this off the current aero package, and they, they took it down to one race for a reason. No reason a championship race should be here. Number 20. I've got Fontana. Again, kind of like Michigan. I think Green Stars would be crazy, but that might be the only exciting part. Here's uh, where this gets interesting on our list is I'll foreshadow. This is part one. You won't hear me talk about Fontana until part two. Yeah. The track I'm about to mention. Well, and you won't hear me talk about New Hampshire until part two. Well, and, and a couple of the tracks I'm about to mention, you won't hear Trevor talk about until part two. My list, number 20, Talladega. <laughs> this is gonna. We'll save this argument for part two. We'll save it for part two. Uh, all I'll say is I don't think the championship. I don't think pack racing has any business being in the championship race. I understand it's a form of racing. I I love seeing it four times a year. I don't want to see the champion determined in one race. I don't think it's fair to those drivers to have it be so much more chance in the championship race. Maybe that's just because I'm, I'm more of a driver. I, I, I'm behind the wheel of a race car. That's exactly what it is. I'm but talking from an inter- minus from an entertainment, from a fan standpoint. 20 for me is Talladega. 19, driver. Phoenix, look at yesterday's race. What makes you excited about that? Uh, see description below what I just said. 19 for me is Daytona. 18, I've got Dober. Um, the October race was okay. June race was not good. If we had a softer tire, I think this race would be better, but we're under the assumption they won't, so it's 18 for me. 18, I have Watkins Glen. Again, I, I think Watkins Glen for road course racing provides a great race, but in terms of, yes, on TV it might produce a good race, but in terms of fan experience at the racetrack, you can only see a certain part of the racetrack. I, I don't think a road course is where the championship race should be. So 18 for me, Watkins Glen. 
17 for me, um, I've got Las Vegas. It's a stereotypical cookie cutter. Nothing great, nothing terrible. So not really championship worthy. 17 for me is the Charlotte Roval. Again, I think of the of the three road courses on the circuit right now, if you want to make the road course a championship race, this is where it needs to be because you can see the whole racetrack as a fan. However, I still don't think a road course should make up the championship race. 16 for me, I've got Texas. I know it's a terrible track, but I think that's what could make it exciting is watching the drivers battle the track. Again, I'm looking at this from an entertainment standpoint, not from the driver's standpoint. I want what's going to put on the best show for the fans because I'm a fan. If I'm spending my money to go to the race or spending my time to watch it, I want entertainment. And I think guys not knowing what's going to happen is entertaining. So I'll take Texas at 16. 16, I've got Dover. Kind of same reasons Trevor mentioned when he talked about Dover is it's – a track that has struggled to produce great racing, some of it being the package, and especially with the package right now, tough to pass. Dover for me at 16. 15 for me. This one would be in my top probably five or six, if not for the rules package. I've got Richmond. It, there's just always a possibility of a driver flat out dominating there, and I don't want to see someone lead 350 laps and route to the championship. 15 for me is Michigan. I think, as Trevor mentioned before, a lot of great restarts. But their track's not wide enough quite yet for you know, still more of a bottom-to-middle groove dominant at Michigan. So for me, Michigan had 15. 14 for me, much like Richmond, um, Martinsville. Again, take out the, the 2019 aero package. This is probably number two for me. Um, but two guys combined to lead 910 of the 1,000 laps this year. Doesn't seem exciting to me. For me at 14 is Las Vegas. You know, probably of the mile and a half, the worst one. Isn't Texas a mile and a half? Well, yeah. See, for me, Texas is so far out the back end of my head. It's like it's so far down the list, it wasn't even really considered. Like when I made my list, I went one, and I just numbered one through 24. The first thing I put on my list was Texas at 24. The bottom half, like 14 through 24 for me, actually more like 16 through 24, was really tough because, like, my top five You could have just wrote no next to all of them. Right. My top five was pretty easy. I did just make a recent change up in my top ten that I will I will get to in a little bit. Right. But Well, for me, Las Vegas at 14, I think town-wise, obviously it could be a really good place to have a championship race. I just think track-wise it wouldn't produce good enough racing. 13 for me, I've got Watkins Glen. Um, it's normally a pretty entertaining race where strategies play a factor, but I don't think it'd be a great title race. But then again, I don't know that anything I have below it would be great either. For me, I've got 13. I've got Indianapolis. I know Trevor mentioned that a long time ago, but you look at this race, you get a lot of chaos in recent races here, and you've also got the history of the racetrack. So obviously it'd probably be covered in a blanket of snow right now, so realistically it's not a, a possible destination for the championship race, but just having it there at a historic racetrack and then just I think it, it provides a lot of chaos and it's a tougher racetrack to drive around. So we're at 12. I'm going Atlanta, um, a former championship track. It's really been the only track this year in the rules package where tires have played a factor. That could be exciting. For me at 12, and again, this is based on the current arrow package. Like Trevor, I have Phoenix here at number 12. If they fix the arrow package, this goes flying up the list. But based on what we saw a week ago, I'm putting Phoenix at 12. It's higher than, than 
maybe it should be just because the track layout is so interesting that it does provide the opportunity for uh, some some chaos at the end of the race where drivers aren't happy with each other because say you know you can drive like 800 feet below where the groove is and then slide up in front of someone and it can get crazy at the end if a championship's on the line and and you're somewhat close but for most of the the race the championship race would be fairly tough to watch and then i think the last 25 laps could turn into something if there's a timely caution right like there was yeah if there's not then it's probably a stinker um number 11 actually i lied again i've got new hampshire on the back end of this first part i thought this year's race was kind of entertaining i don't think it's worthy of two races but then again homestead's never had two races um and they've been just fine it kind of has a short track feel to it um, and I think of all the, the mile or less tracks throughout Bristol, that was the most exciting race. So I'll take New Hampshire at number 11. I think here's a, another track for me at number 11 that if they fix the aero package would fly up the list and would challenge for number one is Richmond. That's Yeah, that's kind of what I said earlier. You get, you get these cars where they're easier to pass. They can suck up to each other. They don't get aero tight, which seemed to be really bad at Richmond this year. That could be a heck of a racetrack to have a final race at. Fortunately, right now, cars are not able to, to do that. Just it, It's not physically possible with the aero package. So for me, Richmond at 11. So that's 24 through 11 in our rankings of tracks we would like to see with the championship, not thinking about time of year and weather. So put an asterisk next to it. But it's fun to talk about. We're going to take a break here on the left turn. When we come back, it's time for the top 10. We'll talk about it, we'll disagree on some stuff. We'll have more on the left turn on X106. Welcome back to the left turn here on X106. Jacob Blair, Trevor Mader with you right now. Talking about our rankings of tracks we'd like to see be the championship race in Homestead this year and then ISM for the next two years, also known as Phoenix. But, and it, yeah, two years, 2020, and then the 2021 schedule has not come out, but the 2021 championship race will be back at phoenix go back to our top 10 now the rankings again weather not included in there because some of these racetracks obviously michigan snow kansas snow so you couldn't really run it at this time of year but say we adjusted the schedule and made it work these are the race tracks we would like to see the championship race trevor number 10 charlotte um i think if the all-star race was any indication a championship race could be kind of exciting there on the on the oval I have Martinsville at number 10 just because I know that this year Brad Keselowski race one, Martin Truex Jr. race two dominated at this racetrack. But again, like Phoenix, you have the opportunity more so than maybe some other racetracks for late race fireworks that kind of spice up the race a little bit and, and cause for drama at the end. So the opportunity is there at Martinsville even with the current aero package. Number nine for me is Kentucky. Um, the July race was actually really exciting, and I think this package benefits tracks like Kentucky. It's kind of got a homestead-type feel to it. So I'll be Kentucky. Put Atlanta at number nine. Again, with the tires there actually mattering, it, it could be a little – when tires matter more, it's easier to pass because drivers struggle handling-wise. Make for an interesting race at Atlanta. Yeah, it could. Um, Number eight, give me Chicago. Just like Kentucky, it put on a great race this last season. That could have also been because the track was hot, there was rain, and it washed away the rubber, and then it was cooler. So I don't know. Um, Plus, we're probably looking at 10 below wind chill in Chicago right now. But I think it'd be a good race. Got 
So I think this is the only other. I think the only other one was was Pocono at twenty two. But I've got Chicago at eight as well. Much of the same reasons as Trevor, so I'll keep it short. Number seven, Trevor. Number seven for me, Homestead. It's been a, a perfect championship, and I'd be fine if it stayed there, but there's six other tracks I'd like to see more. Number seven, I've got Kentucky. And, again, it's based on the, the current aero package, so this would be a really good racetrack to put it at if need be. If if we could just make the racing perfect at every racetrack, this, this track would be down my list. But we're talking about where we currently sit in terms of the, the product on the racetracks. I think Kentucky could do a pretty good job. Number six for me is the Roval. If we're going to go to a road course, I think this is the one to go to. We've seen two races there. Both have been cutoff races, and they've been exciting. It's had drama down to the last lap. I think you could do the same as a championship race. Um, and if I'm a fan, I care about drama and excitement, and I think the Roval provides that. For me at six, I've got Charlotte, the Oval. One, close to home for everybody. It's a phenomenal facility to host a championship race. A lot of different things to do there kind of close to the city of Charlotte itself. And the racing there with the mile-and-a-half package, as you mentioned, Trevor, the All-Star race was good. And you'd get some some good racing there as well, with Charlotte being with the the mile-and-a-half package and and its vast improvement this season. Now we're into our top five. I think we've got three alike in the top five. I don't know if they're at the same spot. I don't think they are. Um, Actually, I'm pretty sure they're not. Number five, I've got Darlington. So how, cool, how cool would it be to be a throwback and championship weekend? Honor the past, recognize the, the present or the future. That'd be freaking awesome. I, I think I, I've got Darlington at number five as well. I think having one of the crown jewel events book in this season would be really good. I know you kind of allude to this. You kind of got the same mindset with your number one track. But for me, Southern 500, championship race, one of the toughest tracks on the circuit, it would make some of the best drivers really showcase their skills and route to a championship. So I got Darlington at five as well. Number four, Talladega. Um, we'll get into the garbage about how the big one could affect the championship in a little bit. Um, I think it'd be exciting to watch, and I've got number four. My four, Trevor mentioned this track, I don't know, like 17 tracks ago. Yeah. Maybe it was like 15. I've got Fontana. I had Fontana at 20. I've got Fontana at 4. Reason being, it's going to be a similar description for the next three tracks. Multi-groove racetracks where you can go all over the, the place. Different lines based on how your cars are handling will produce unbelievable championship races. Fontana is one of those. I know this year's race wasn't great, but historically for me, Fontana's produced some of the best races of the season. I know it wasn't this year, but I think it could do the same in the championship race. Number three, I've got Kansas. Um, it's the most exciting of the mile-and-a-half tracks. It's put on great shows. Um, three starts would be crazy, as we've seen, not to mention it, it would bring a championship to Kansas City for once, which would be awesome. <laughs> you just went there. I did. I'm going to make some and, people mad. And I, I Three for me, I've got Homestead, I, I think. I don't know that it needed to be moved from Homestead in the first place. It either needs to be moved every year or it just needed to be left at Homestead. No, I agree. And it's a great track to have because, again, multi-group. You can run all over the racetrack. It's a little bit oblong in shape 
It's not the same on both ends. You can run different lines. It just produces really good racing. You can find ways to get clean air if need be. You're right up against the wall, and tires matter as well at this racetrack. I think it'll be one of those races where tire wear means a little bit more this year as well. Number two for me, I've got Bristol. It would be freaking awesome to see some hard racing and maybe a bump and run for the championship. If you don't like that, then maybe you shouldn't watch NASCAR. How awesome would it be for like Joey Logano to give the bump and run to Martin Truex Jr., Kyle Busch, or Denny Hamlin, and then Denny Hamlin go and fight Joey Logano in the trophy presentation? Like I just, again, I'm looking at it from an entertainment standpoint. Um, that's what I'm looking at from a, a fan, either spending my hard-earned money to go to the, the race or sitting at home, enjoying a few beverages and watching the race. That one to me, run it in the evening, be awesome. For me, I've got Kansas at number two, and I, I know that sounds like both Trevor and I have some bias because, you know, it's the closest track to us. I live 12 it is, minutes it from is the a racetrack. Really... But the racing it's produced, again, multi-groove, multi-lane, Kansas Speedway, one of the best tracks I've seen of the tracks that try to do it, maybe other than Homestead. The progressive banking works. Yes, it's shorter on the bottom. It's faster up top. You can run anywhere on the racetrack. And you watch the races as well as it goes from bottom to top. The early of the run, everyone's on the bottom. Then you, then you fade to the top, and it's just produced great racing. No one really runs away. Yes, someone may dominate. Like you go back to the Kansas race a couple weeks ago. Denny Hamlin dominated the, the second half of the race, but he never really drove away. Because everyone, you could find different ways to get speed out of your race car. I think Kansas would produce a great championship race. I have no bias at all. I could live at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, and I still would have put it like 23rd on my list. Um, so now just, we're... Wait. That, that, that would be awesome just for a second to live oh, at the it would Indianapolis be. But Motor I mean, Speedway. I could live. I could sleep on turn four, and I would still probably put it <laughs> at number 23. Um, so we're at our number ones, and this is where the argument's going to begin. Why don't you go first, Jacob? So there's a little bit of agreement in terms of racetrack number one in terms of Trevor had this at number two. I've got number one, Bristol Motor Speedway. Seats a ton of people. A little tiny, boring. I, I, I like the idea that they took Phoenix, made the championship race a track that was a short track. They picked the wrong one. Needed to be Bristol. You saw this year the package didn't matter. You got a great fall race. Matt Benedetto tries to win that one. But just as Trevor mentioned, one, you could have an unbelievable battle to the finish because it also seemed like they, they messed with the racetrack. It went topside, but now with the, the traction compound they put down, the racing there has been fixed. It's one of the – it's. You asked me, what races do you look forward to during the course of a season? Obviously, the Daytona 500, number two and three on my list is always Bristol. It's one of my favorite racetracks. I love when everyone goes there and would love to see it be a championship race. My number one, it's good enough to start the season. should be good enough to end it. Let's put it at Daytona. Um, I know Jacob's going to hit me with this garbage take about how the big one couldn't shouldn't affect the championship, but guess what? Taudega's in the playoffs. It already affects the championship by that way. But it doesn't um, decide it. But even it then, that's, it. But it that's part of it. That's part of racing, though. Things that sometimes are out of your control decide it. If the Daytona 500 is this grand event but, that is deemed the Super Bowl of NASCAR, then let's have the actual Super Bowl of NASCAR 
at Daytona. If it's good enough, if this track and the racing is good enough for you to advertise as one of the best racing spectacles in the world, which it's one of, it's not the best, but it's one of, and it is NASCAR's best, then it is good enough to say you want to put on the best show. We're talking well, putting okay, on the best first, show for the fans. First, Daytona, the Daytona 500 is never going to be moved to November. I'm not talking Daytona. I'm talking a race at Daytona. I'm not talking Daytona so, 500. So the, the prestige of the race is not there. But two, you, you have four races a year on, on tracks that produce pack racing. So, yes, because of that, one should be in the playoffs. But it does, does, does not dominate the season. There, there's yes, chance is always going to be a part of racing, but I don't want to see Ricky Stenhouse Jr. or a you know, go back to Jamie McMurray a couple years ago. They're like, oh, I've got an opportunity to win a race, and then they go rack up Paul Menard or someone, and then eighteen cars back, your championship four get taken out. That stuff Here, here's happens, one thing. but that stuff happens at your Homestead champ- too. But, but at Daytona, no, the probability of it happening, your is- champion might just be decided on lap seven. Would that not be awesome, though? No, that'd be terrible. <laughs> I think I, if the, if it's good enough to you're gonna, start, so you're going to give your champion an interview out of the care okay, center. Let's be realistic. We have not seen a lot of big ones on lap seven. That would it, it probably would come later in the race. Probably. You're, you're not wrong there. But also, it might change the way those guys attack that race. It could, it still could make, make it terrible. It could still make good enough because racing. Because those four might just be like, you know, we're going to go right around out back for a while. But, hey, and then maybe the last ten laps are great. But there's Or they would say, hey, let's get to the front as early and as quick as we can and get out of harm's way. But but then, like, okay, let's, let's, let's be honest. Is Ricky Stenhouse Jr., and I... Sorry I'm using Ricky as the example here. Is he going to play a factor at Homestead? He might. As a lapped car, maybe. Maybe. But it, a, a track like Daytona, in, in what he's in now, in the Roush Fenway car, obviously he's not going to be in that car next year. Chris Buescher will be in the 17. But he'd be up front. Or Chase Elliott, who's no longer in the championship four. He'd be up front. We've seen those guys put... Crazy blocks make crazy moves. They're with each other, but and but uh, who's we're to on lap, say we're on lap ninety eight of one sixty because they'd make it a four hundred mile race, and they get together blocking each other. They wreck, and then on lap ninety eight, it takes out your championship four. So this year, Kyle Busch, Denny Hamlin, Martin Truex Jr., Kevin Harvick, they all get taken out. This wouldn't so be then, the first. So time So then that's the champion though. gets scored. Be the first on, guy to beat the caution clock. That'd be the most exciting anyone's ever been That's about a caution dumb. clock. I'm not That's saying it's dumb. not dumb, but if the season is good enough to start at Daytona and you hype up the Daytona 500 as the cream de la crop, I think I said that right, of NASCAR <laughs> races, then the championship should be good enough. I'm not saying kick there every year. I'm in. The, I'm a huge proponent of rotating it, but I think one time to see it at Daytona would be awesome. Not every race ends with the four championship so, guys. Get, that's a possibility. So, so this is, this is what could, you're saying. That could happen this Sunday, though, too. This is what you're saying. This is, this is the equivalent of what you're saying. So let's say, because we're Chiefs fans, the Chiefs make the Super Bowl, and they're going to play Green Bay. Both teams, they played football all year. They show up to the, to, to the stadium, and there's a basketball, a 
This isn't even close. A, a hockey are, puck, a soccer ball, and a, let's say, lacrosse ball. And then they randomly on. draw one, and they say, hey, you're going to play soccer that's, for that's, the championship. That's not, even, that's not even close. So do you think the Super Bowl should be played in the snow? Do you think it should be played outdoors? There's a reason why it's in the dome And every, it's in a stupid dome that, that it's not. If, if this is a track that is good enough to be on the circuit, which it is, and puts on exciting so, racing, which it does, then it should be worthy of a championship race. Now, you're not wrong. There's a possibility that somebody like Austin Dillon or Ricky Stenhouse ends up junking everybody else's day. But guess what? That's a self-policing thing. I, for me, I don't want to watch a race hoping the entire race someone that has no business and would at any other track not be up front, making a mistake up front and costing the championship contenders the ability to race for it at the end. But, what makes Homestead so much fun is you get to the but, last 30 laps and all what's the difference between them doing racing. it when they're up front and them doing it when they're a lap car? Either way, they're making the difference. It's Daytona. How many of them are going to get wrecked and then they're just parked there? Not many of them are making it back to pit road. But what I'm saying is is you would have the same problems. You have the same problems at Homestead. It's just not in pack racing or the same. That it it might take factors. one of them. We might be down to three after 98 laps. Denny Hamlin might blow a tire and hit the wall. But you still got three left. Right. Something like that could happen anywhere, though. You know, they, they could go into turn one on Sunday and all four of them wreck. We don't know. The odds are probably a lot more likely that it would happen at Daytona. But, like, if the season can start at Daytona, and the Daytona 500 is one of the biggest events in all of racing, which it is, then we've got to do something. Either let's quit selling it as that, as the Super Bowl of, of NASCAR, because Austin Dillon would never win the Super Bowl, or what's really pushed Why Daytona. it shouldn't be a championship race. <laughs> but you're saying if it's the Super Bowl of NASCAR, so to speak, those four guys, whoever got there, deserve to get there. It would be entertaining as, as heck, because you know those four guys are going to roll with their four best super speedway cars. There's going to be alliances all over the place. I think if anything, you'll still see a really great race without guys being incredibly stupid because they're going to you know, know that NASCAR is a self-policing enough. You just hurt your own argument. You're bringing up these team alliances where Chevy, Toyota, and Ford now all get together. Well, okay, Chevy doesn't have someone in the championship, so there's the only caveat to this where maybe they don't care. But Ford, they're going to get there, and they're going to say to every one of the Ford drivers, protect the four car. Right, but then we saw that last year. You get down to 20 or, to go. You're going to go in there, and they're going to have a private meeting, and they're going to say, okay, there's only five Toyotas in the entire field. Shouldn't be that difficult, guys. But then you get down to 20 to go, and it's all, all hands off deck. It's going to get wild. Um, I, like I said, if season's going to start at Daytona, finish it there. It's a terrible um, idea. It's terrible. I, I strongly disagree. I almost put Bristol number one, but that wouldn't have been as much fun <laughs> if I'd have put Daytona at two and Bristol at one. We're not going to agree on this. We're not even going to agree to disagree. No. So we might as well just move on. We might as well. We've still got more to talk about. We've got to preview the race actually happening at Homestead. We're going to take a break. We're going to calm down. We're going to come back on the left turn on X106. Welcome back to the left turn on X106. Jacob Blair, Trevor Mader with you. We still don't agree. So we're going to still move on. 
We argued for like two more minutes after we went yeah, to break. Yeah, it actually if you wouldn't have told me we were going back on air, we'd probably still be arguing. Probably. But unfortunately, I think everyone was done listening to us argue with each other. No, I don't think they were. You don't think they were? Well, I was, because we weren't getting anywhere. Because I was right. No, I just said we we're not even going to agree to disagree, so we might as well just move on. Because we can't agree that I was right. No, let's move on and talk about the left turn points. <laughs> uh, yeah, let's talk about those. <laughs> no, I think about it. I'm, I'm fine with talking about those. Going into the final race of the weekend, I had an or the year, excuse me. I had an unbelievable weekend at Phoenix, but I was down so far. It didn't really help all that much. I got a third with Chandler Smith. If you'd Smith. have had this week like 10 weeks ago, it would have been made up for a great championship I would have had, yeah, but, but I didn't. didn't. A little too, I mean, I'm not, Trevor isn't clinched yet. That's the key here, but we'll get to those scenarios in a minute because I know everyone <laughs> wants to hear those. But Chandler Smith, third, Justin Algar first, Denny Hamlin first. My three picks of the week, my best week of the year by far. Trevor, the ninth with Ross Still Chastain, Christopher week. Bell, 16th. It was a normal Jacob week is what it was. It was, a, it was a, an average Jacob week. And you had a normal Trevor, Trevor week. week. Except you, you don't win. I, I, I do, but not often. Not as often <laughs> as you. So let's go through these points, go through the scenarios a little bit here. But between all of these different point options is overall... Trevor's leading 2,529 to 2,445. Again, Trevor and I, all year long, even through the summer, when, when we were on our, our summer break here on the left turn, picking races. So Trevor needs 28 points per race. or he can, only, he can give up 28 points per race and still win. I have to do better than that in order to win on Friday with a truck race. Trevor can clinch the overall left turn points championship with a second-place finisher better. So he can get it on Friday, but we're probably going to Saturday before this is clinched up. I don't know, man. If my championship pick comes through. If you win on Friday, it's over. You clinch. You don't have to worry about the rest of the weekend. Now, if your pick decides that he wants to crash on lap one, it's going to get real interesting. Yeah, and that could happen, too. In terms of winner's points, where this is just points based off of who picks the most winners, three points for a Cup Series winner, a correct Cup Series winner pick, two for the Xfinity Series, one for the trucks. I have clinched that. I clinched that a yeah, while ago. I've sucked at picking Truck Series winners. I'm up 30. I think I've actually done better than you in Cup. Not anymore. I think, uh, I think, Not anymore. Really. I, think, I know you've done better than me in the Xfinity because every time I pick Christopher Belly crashes. I, I've picked up several cup wins as of late because you had denny hamlin at kansas denny hamlin at phoenix kyle larson at dover uh i had kyle bush at bristol i had that stretch where i was dominating and then i got out big and i've just held on so 39 24 where it sits with only six winners points left available trevor not gonna win that one so at least i got i got one crown you won something, Jacob. Congratulations. Cup Series-wise, Trevor is your 2019 left-turn Cup Series champion. 975 to 909. He's locked that one up. Xfinity-wise, Trevor leads that one 929 to 898. In terms of Trevor, just has to finish 26th or better with his pick to lock up the Xfinity Series championship. And then on the Truck Series, the closest of the battles, I lead that one 638 to 625. I need a eighth or better finish to get a truck that series one's championship. That going to be fun for me to forget to pay attention to. I'm watching all three all weekend. I am not watching 
Friday night for sure. You've got, you, you probably shouldn't just say you're not watching. You should say you've got other things you have I've to got, do. I've, yeah, I've got other obligations. Um, <laughs> Saturday's up in the air. Depends um, what I do for the day. Then Sunday, Sunday I, I won't watch football. Sunday I, will, I probably won't either because I don't know what the games are, but the Chiefs play on Monday night, so there's no reason for me to watch. So we'll start with the truck series. So it's now time to line everything up. Four homes that, again, points do not matter. Everyone is equal in that department. And as we head into the truck race, Stuart Friesen, Rosh Chastain, Brett Moffitt, Matt Crafton, the championship for this race. Friday night, 7.30, Fox Sports 1. Trevor, two questions. One, final truck pick of the year to win the race. And is it a championship pick? Does the truck champion also win the race? I'm going to say that all of my champions, all of my race winners are champions um, this week. I'm going with the Melon Man, Ross Chastain, to complete the, the improbable championship run that he's had. I feel like Homestead's just attracted. He's going to be really fast at this week. This is a team that kind of with, with Brett Moffat last year, they're not supposed to be there. They are going to put all the eggs out. This is a small team um they're going to use those other cars as kind of r&d cars this week so to speak ross chastain's i think the most talented driver of the four give me him to get it done so before i give my answer to that question i do want to clarify every one of trevor's picks in this section during this (laughs) segment if i was allowed to pick first and, and we go back and forth with the rules back and forth unless you win the race the week prior then it goes to the other person for first pick. So if you let's say you got first pick one week or you got second pick one week, you pick the winner so then your second I pick picked, again. I picked first in the he picked first in the trucks last week because it was in rotation and then he won the Xfinity and Cup. So I gotta pick first. I think it's the only time first, all year first on all three. I think it's the only time all year where any of us either of us have been first on all three. It just shows to show it just shows how good my week was. Doesn't matter. All three of Trevor's picks were all three of mine, but because of the rules where we can't pick the same person, I've got to go to my second option. So I'm also picking a driver that will win the race to win the championship. And I mentioned this word before, dangerous. Driver that's really fast, but got to win on pavement. Now to this year, Stuart Friesen will win the race and win the championship. So if you're going to Vegas, put money on Brett Moffat or Matt Crafton. Yep, please do. That's a, that's a good option. Uh, especially any one of these four guys. Me, me picking Stuart Friesen has been like you picking Christopher Bell this year. Yeah, any so, one of sorry, these, sorry, Stuart. Any one of these four guys, I think, could go out win, and I wouldn't be surprised. Even Matt Crafton, the season he's had, like said, a Ryan Newman type season. If he well, goes out and wins, I it, think I would Matt, not. Gra- Matt Crafton could sneak in, in in a situation where, say, Ross Chastain, Stuart Friesen, and Moffat—they're all right there with each other and get into well, each other. Or if a guy like Ben Rhodes goes out and wins, wins the race of the three series. If you're going to get a winner not in the championship, I, I think, think it's, it's been one. proven it's the truck series. And again, this year it'll be the truck series. And I think it'd be Ben Rhodes, Johnny Sauter, you know, maybe a Harrison Burton. Um, but if there's going to be one, it'd be be this one. Again, the truck series race, 730 on Friday on Fox Sports 1, the Ford EcoBoost 200, the final race of the truck series season. And Stuart Friesen, Matt Crafton. Ross Chastain and Brett Moffitt fighting for a championship. Moffitt going for his second career championship, his second in a row. 
Matt Crafton. He's also been a previous champion. Ross Chastain, Stuart Friesen going for their first truck championship as well as their first NASCAR championship. We'll now move to the Xfinity Series. This race on Saturday, the Ford EcoBoost 300 will be a 2.30 start time on NBCSN. And Justin Allgaier, Cole Custer, Christopher Bell, and Tyler Reddick. I think of, of the three, or of the three races, this one has the potential to have the craziest finish between some of these drivers. Yeah, because Custer, you go back two years ago, he dominated that race. Then you look at, at what Reddick and, and Bell do best. Homestead suits that. You know, they can ride up to the wall and kind of that, that dirt track feel to it. And then all guys just so darn consistent. If I had to These predict, four could go one, two, three, four. Yeah, if I had to predict best finish of a championship race this we- this this weekend, I would hands down pick the Xfinity Series, no argument. And if this isn't my pick, but if there's going to be a guy, a non-championship four guy that wins this race, my money would be on Chase Briscoe. One there, in the, that, yep. one there in the truck series again it just kind of suits what he wants to do well so again question same as the truck series does your championship pick win the race yes. and who is that chris rebel i think he's he's too good to not win a championship in the xfinity series he's going up the cup series next year i think he puts on a, a clinic um and wins it Someone brought this, or I just saw this on Twitter, is if... You were on Twitter? I was on Twitter. Huh. I'm working on that, Trevor. Good job. That we know Tyler Reddick's going cup racing. We know Christopher Bell is going cup racing. Did not know what Cole Custer is doing yet. If he stays in the Xfinity Series next year, it's not going to be a fun year for everyone else in the Xfinity Series. He might win 20 races. Because it's been the big three this year. How many times have maybe Tyler Reddick or Cole Custer would have won a race if Christopher Bell wasn't there, vice versa. So I'm picking Cole Custer to win the championship. We don't have to worry about anything I just said because it will propel him to a Cup Series ride next year. I'm going to strongly disagree with a lot of what you just <laughs> said because, for one, I don't think you realize how hard winning 20 races is. That, 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 was, that was a little bit exaggerated. I would say too. 10. To say just how dominant Cole Custer I think will be, be next I think, year, but you got to factor he's in. He's still in the Xfinity. You got to factor in. You've got Ross Chastain, be there full time. He's shown some speed. Chase Briscoe shown some speed. Justin Allgaier is going to be consistent. Brandon Jones has looked a heck of a lot better the second half of the season. Harrison Burton's ran well in the Xfinity series. Even Austin Sindrick has gotten so better. You're naming drivers. There's 33 races. There's there's 13 wins. Who's going to win the other 20? Yeah, I think you see a guy's Cup Series drivers. Well, and there's probably another ten. I think you see guys. There, take I just away. debunked my own statement. I, I said I told I, you I exaggerated. I think to, he wins. To make I think he wins eight or ten. I think I exaggerated to make a point. But that it's if Cole so Custer hard to win doesn't races. move to the Cup Series, he will dominate the Xfinity Series. Well, we said year. about Chris Rebell this year, and there were other guys that were right there with him. Did anyone really look at Tyler Reddick this year? I didn't even have Reddick in my championship four to start the season. No, because no, nobody looked at Reddick and said, "Well, that guy won the Xfinity Series championship last year. He's going to RCR. Think, He's definitely going to be back in." I think because of the performance of that car the year before, maybe, and then him not being all that much of a factor until the last race in the Junior Motorsports car. Like, he's not going to be. But, but Noah Gregson's going to have another year in the Xfinity Series. 
Cole Custer will dominate next year. I think year he'll be. I think he'll up. be the guy to beat, but I don't think he'll flat out dominate. I think here's, he'll be the favorite. Here's something: while we're talking about the Xfinity series again, I'm picking Cole Custer. I'm picking Christopher Bell, but I couldn't. So I have to pick Cole Custer. That's more about what that is. Trevor's picking Christopher Bell. Is Riley Herbst full time in a Gibbs car next year in the Xfinity series? Brandon Jones back full time. Harrison Burton full time. That's the three Gibbs cars that ran this year. Kyle Busch. Denny Hamlin, Christopher Bell probably. Is there going to be a fourth Gibbs car in the Xfinity Series next From year? From what I've read, there will be. Um, my guess is maybe the 81 car. I'm not sure. Um, but there will be a part-time entry, I'm sure. Because Kyle Busch wants to get to 100 wins. I think he's at 96. Six. I can't remember if it was 95 or 96. Um, yeah, I think there will be. And you'll see Kyle Busch, Denny Hamlin, um, Christopher Bell probably run a bulk of their, you know, the max that he can. Um Eric Jones, maybe a I couple. I think still based on the rules, Christopher Bell wouldn't be hit with that number because he's not five years in the Cup Series He still yet. can't run the playoffs. I know that, but he isn't stuck with the, the five now that the Xfinity Series Yeah, I'm not yet. sure what the rule is on that now. They've, they've made so many amendments to it. I know when it came out, it was five years of Cup experience or more. You were stuck to that limit, but if it was now less, it might be you could three. run. I think now it might be. Either, either way, he'd be fine. Um but he, but wouldn't, I, he still wouldn't be playing. I think the be. question is, do they just bring that car when, say, Kyle Busch or Denny Hamlin at Darlington, Christopher Bell, when they want to run or those races? Do they use it, you know, a guy like Chandler Smith who will turn 18 in the summer um, to give him some, some rides in that car? I don't know that Ty Gibbs would be old enough to um, jump in that car. Christian Eckes, if he's the guy that ends up in... Haley Deegan, if we're throwing yep. names out there, I don't think she's quite ready for Xfinity yet, but... Since we're talking silly season, kind of our silly season update for the day we meandered our way into, but truck series, the Cup Series really has been sorted out. I think the only couple situations we're waiting on is what's going to happen with Daniel Suarez at Stuart Haas, Cole Custer in the Xfinity Series, and then still a couple rides in the lower teams, kind of just waiting on all the upper teams to get everything figured out. So there's still a, a ride at... Well, I, like I said, they're waiting on some things. But I think front row racing. Still, Matt Tiff might not be back yes, next year after after health issues there with him, and, and we don't know anything there as well. So Daniel Hemrick was on a ride right now. There's been some rumors John Hunter Nemechek looking at a ride next year, but I think he'll be back at GMS in the Xfinity Series. So still some silly season stuff left to get figured out. All the big announcements, though, I think have, have pretty much been made. Yeah. Except for the truck series. Yeah, that one's, who knows? We might not know that until close to the I end. I think of... that Thor Sport's probably pretty much going to stay the same. The real big one with, with the truck series is KBM. You know, just Todd Gilliland come back. Um, and who replaces Harrison Burton? We know they're going to have at least one opening with Harrison Burton moving up the Xfinity series. Christian Eckes. I think it points to Christian Eckes. I'm not so. I think Todd Yolen might return. I just I don't know if there's anyone right now that that would provide a better option. I know I mean, Gillen's performance hasn't been up to the standards of a KBM truck. I just don't know if there's anyone out there right now. Because even Haley Deegan, go. I don't think's ready. I think you'll see her in truck races I think, next I think year. So. If Chandler Smith was six months older than he is. It, he would he would have that four truck next year and would win races and compete for a championship, but he's not. 
is that you're going to have the the 51 truck. You're going to have that out there. You know, you'll have Kyle Busch running his ever so many races because they have to for sponsorship. I I think that's – I don't – I think Kyle Busch is close to not running the truck anymore. I don't know if this is the year that will happen, but that 51 truck, kind of the rotating truck, so I think you'll see Haley Deegan in there some, maybe a Raphael Lassard. Maybe see a we see Brandon Jones drop down. Probably Riley Herbst will Ty drop Gibbs. down. Ty Gibbs. I think you'll see him in the forty six that they bring out every so often. Because I think last week I said that Chandler Smith would be in the fifty one. He was in the forty six because they bring that fourth they bring that fourth truck out to the tracks that drivers under eighteen can race. So they get some of those younger drivers. But let's just acknowledge that I know we need to get to the Cup Series previews here in a minute, but. With the youth that we have, the youth movement in NASCAR right now, you know, it starts at the top with Bell and Custer and, and Reddick and those guys, and you get to the truck series, and you've got guys there as well. Then you get Chandler Smith, Ty Gibbs, Sam Mayer, even a guy like Derek Krause. These are all young kids that I think are going to be around for a while, and I it's Derek awesome to see. Krause could be an option for, well, he'll get some opportunities in a KBM truck. I know that David Gillen Racing, they're expanding. They're running a lot more trucks as well. Uh, you, you have drivers like Tanner Gray, who was running mm-hmm. an HRA, trying his hand at oval racing. You, you've got some – I mean, the TRD camp is, is very deep in terms of their prospect drivers, so you're going to get a lot of drivers maybe you've never heard of, I think, in truck rides next year, where, like in the 51 truck, it's, it's Kyle Busch, Brandon Jones – and then they I think they, Riley Herbst, Riley Herbst, a couple. couple. You might see drivers. Greg Biffle ran one. You'll see. I think with the forty-six and the fifty-one, a lot of different drivers. Same thing with with Gillen Racing, and then the other teams. GMS. I don't know if we for sure what they're doing. I don't know if Brett Moffitt be back another. Sam Mayer will run a part-time schedule, but I think Thor Sport. I'd be surprised if anything changed there. But truck wise, trucks. I it's. Hierarchical. The Cup Series, it normally gets figured out first. Once the Cup Series gets figured out, then anything left in the Xfinity Series gets figured out. Then, right when the Xfinity Series is mostly figured out, then everyone at the Truck Series, then they start having their fun. So, they give us stuff to talk about in December and January when we're waiting on, on February to get here for Speed Weeks. But one name I think I'd keep an eye on as well is Ty Majeski. Yes. Would not be surprised to see him maybe take over the 45 truck. You so, saw him in the 44 put together a good yep, run at it's Phoenix. It's just a matter of making sponsorship stuff yep. work out with him. So we're going to take another quick break here on the left turn. We get back. It's time to talk the Cup Series. Let's talk about the final race from Homestead. We'll wrap everything up from this two-hour championship special when we get back on the left turn. Welcome back to the left turn here on X106. Trevor Mater, Jacob Blair with you. For our final segment of the second annual two-hour left turn special, hope everyone out there has enjoyed the special two hours. Might be the final two-hour special because Trevor graduates, I think. Hopefully, he's trying. He's got a month left. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know if he's going to make it, but he's trying. I should. And then he's out of here. So, don't know the 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 stance of this show moving forward. Might just be me, but probably going to get canceled. It won't get canceled. I know the program director. I've got a, got a good I've relationship. Heard the with ratings him. aren't very good. <laughs> I've heard I've heard they go down when it's just me. So yeah, well, yeah, you're in trouble then. <laughs> it's okay. We still got 12 minutes here today. 
We've got a championship race to talk about. The Cup Series, the Ford EcoBoost 400, 2 o'clock on Sunday, NBC. Love the time. I've always loved the time of the starts in the day. End of it ends at night just because the time change and, you know, sun goes down at 5 o'clock. But big race. This one's going to be fun on Sunday. It's going to be awesome. I, I love this race. Um, I don't get a lot done during the race, and it's awesome. I'll get nothing done because I'll, well, I'll know who won the championship. That's what I'll get done. I'll learn who won the Cup Series yeah. championship. I, I'm a good multitasker, so I can normally do stuff while watching. Um, you know, like I've got, I'll have, I'm going to be gone most of the week, so I'll have a ton of homework piled up when I get back Saturday. So I will probably try to knock some of that out while watching this, and then probably with about 60 to go, the homework will get put away until after the celebration and my homework won't be pulled out yeah like i said i'm a good multitasker <laughs> i won't even want to like i i'll make sure to get it done beforehand see i always say that so you're you're a little bit busier than and me. i'll try to but it probably won't happen. i just have a northwest football game to call yeah you're, you're a little bit busier on for two days so yeah but let, let's talk about this race Four drivers, Denny Hamlin, Kyle Busch, Kevin Harvick, Martin Truex Jr., three from Joe Gibbs Racing, one from Stuart Haas. Harvick, Truex, Busch, one championship to their resume. Hamlin, not yet a champion. He's had opportunities in the past, hasn't been able to get it done. Hamlin, in the argument for one of the most successful drivers in the Cup Series at this point to never win a championship. I think we've both said he's, he's a Hall of Fame at this point, probably whether or not he gets the championship. A championship would solidify that for Denny Hamlin. Four drivers, one race, 267 laps, 400 miles to determine it. And we talked about five times. This is the sixth race of this. Five times the winner has also won the championship. I think we both think that will continue. So every year that I, – I love this format. I, I love the championship for I always go into it with one guy that I am rooting for way more than others. Um, the first year it was Ryan Newman for no other reason than it would have been the ultimate middle finger to the playoff system for Ryan if Newman. If Ryan Newman won that championship, we would not be running your playoffs today. You're probably right. In 2015, it was Jeff Gordon because he was going out. I've been a Gordon fan my whole life. 16, it was Jimmy Johnson for the quest for seven. 17, it was Martin Truex. Last year, it was Joey Logano. I've, I've the guy I've been rooting for the last three years has won it. I'm gonna say four. Give me Denny Hamlin to solidify his Hall of Fame career, solidify his legacy. They say you have to lose one before you win one. He's lost more than he's one. lost at least two. You go back 2010, some some bad strategy in Phoenix kind of a, eliminated what was a pretty comfortable lead for him. Jimmy Johnson wins it 2014 at Homestead. You want to talk about? A great race. That first championship race, for my money, was the most exciting of the championship races we've seen. All four of the drivers had a shot to win it late. I believe Hamlin opted to take two tires. Joey Logano had troubles on pit road. Ryan Newman, Kevin Harvick didn't. It eliminated Hamlin. Denny Hamlin's hungry. He feels like this is the only thing left in his career to accomplish. And this is the equivalent of, of John Elway winning a Super Bowl or LeBron finally winning a title. Give me Denny Hamlin. And again, Trevor taking my pick. I, I'm taking Kyle Busch because I have to. I'm not going to even talk about that because Denny Hamlin's also who I think 
he he's most hungry. He's shown that. I, I think, and they've started to allude to this in these broadcasts when you, when you watch. Because Gabe Hart, his crew chief, has been the single most important piece of this championship run. And those two work so well together that after Texas, they knew they had to win, and no one seemed to worry. They knew they were going to go to Phoenix and win. They weren't worried about it. They said, just get the best car out of the shop, put it on the trailer. Our crew will get it done. Denny will get it done on the racetrack. And, and he had, he, he what did a story it would be for Denny Hamlin, too. You go back to last year, the worst season of his career statistically, throwing out the injury short in 2013 season. This was the worst year of his career. No wins. Got to the round of 16, was bounced. One year, he turns on Wednesday, it's on a 500. You think, okay, maybe it's a fluke. He wins at Texas, and you think, all right, he's got two wins. He's got some playoff points to work with. Was consistent all year. Got wins when he needed them. And, and including Phoenix. That was a that was a championship move. You go back again, first year of the playoffs, Kevin Harvick came into Phoenix having to win the race to get into the championship four. Won the race, got into the championship four. Denny Hamlin is putting together a clutch well, championship performance. Here's the other thing. You go to, to Phoenix. Denny Hamlin is running away with the race. It's his. He, he can run a second slower lap than Kyle Busch, and he'll still win the race. Caution comes out. How many te- times have we seen a situation like that, a driver well on his way to win, caution comes out, they don't win the race because so drivers take strategy, and, and that's why they took two. You look at why did they take two tires? Everyone else took four. Well, one, only six cars were on the lead lap. One car was getting the free pass, Eric Jones, to make it seven. So you, you had some opportunity there, but two tires, what did that do that made sure they restarted the race out front? And, again, the confidence of that team, they didn't seem to be worried. They weren't worried that just one car back, Kyle Busch had four. That car was that fast. Denny Hamlet was on that much. I, I mean, you, you talk about elite athletes. When they are on, no one can touch them. That was Denny Hamlin yesterday. That was a Jimmy Johnson-esque, I need a win. I'm gonna go out. I'm gonna get the win. Or Kevin. Or Kevin Harvick's done that before too. Um, this is a championship season for Denny Hamlin. I don't see well, and, and, and how he, it ends any he, other you way. Go, go to the radios and basically, and with Kyle Busch there saying, "Remember, the eleven has to win this race. Be careful." And I know again, you had to get off Twitter because everyone was like, "Well, Kyle Busch let him win." No, Kyle Busch won. Had to be careful. He did because Hamlin would have moved Kyle Busch out of the way. Kyle Busch goes in there with four tires. Makes the move. Hamlin would have driven in the next corner, punted him in the rear, and moved him out of the way. Hamlin had that, to win. And Kyle Busch wasn't clinched in either at that time. It, Kyle Busch say that happens before the white flag. Kyle Busch gets wrecked because of that. Joey Logano's in the championship four. He had to protect his spot in that race. It, well, yeah, it, it wasn't won. like Kyle Busch was, was clinched I in. I still... Don't think Kyle Busch had the speed to get to him. I don't. Either. I think the only one that kind of did was Ryan Blaney, and battling with Kyle Busch eliminated any chance he had of that. So, I think this is Denny Hamlin. He, he's, but you got three Joe Gibbs cars. They're going to be fast. Kevin Harvick's going to be fast. Kevin Harvick. This race statistically at Homestead, last five races he's been the championship four and four of them: a win, a second, a third, a fourth, a third. He's going to be fast. Here's the other thing about this championship four. Everyone said 
talk it's a little bit more off the chance these three race rounds look at who's made it yeah every once in a while you get a, a driver that maybe shouldn't be there but Kyle Busch has been in a lot of these. It's Kyle Busch is fifth out of the six years. This Martin is Truex Kevin Harvick's is now. fifth out of the six. Martin Truex is, I think, fourth out of six. Denny Hamlin, second out of six. These are all championship caliber guys. So you're seeing the best drivers in, in the, the series navigate through the playoffs and make it to the championship four. And, and I think this is Denny Hamlin's year. He's got the fastest race car. And I, I think something else that is you go back to race number one jd gibbs passed away over the off season he's been riding on the right side of that race car all year long he's still riding with denny hamlin and it's hard it, you can take that for what it's worth but for me it's it, there, there's a little bit more motiva- it, it motivation just, with this team it, it feels like a championship year and i'm not so sure that 2020 isn't denny hamlin's final year you know with the way things look at gibbs with Christopher Bell on, on on the rise. I think Denny winning Eric, the title. Eric Jones is two years from getting it figured out and fighting for championships. I think he's maybe a year away. I don't. Um, but I, I don't think it's crazy to say Denny's towards the end of his career. And I think uh, same with Martin Truex. I know they're both right. winning. It's hard when they're both still winning races, fighting for championships. But Jeff Gordon was winning and but, fighting for championships. We're, Carl Edwards was. We've seen guys walk away. Um, and Denny has had health issues. He's yeah. had you know, ACL injury, had back problems. He's bracing the back torn before. labor right now. It's I, I wouldn't. I don't know for sure if that's the case. I wouldn't be surprised if, especially if he wins a championship. I think Denny Hamlin has the most amount of pressure on him this week of anybody, um, whether it be right or not, because he's coming in. Everyone else has already won one. Denny has that. This might be a weird statement, but when Denny Hamlin pushed, puts pressure on himself, he performs oh, I, unbelievably. I, I 110% when, agree. When he doesn't think there's pressure on him, but everyone else does, he doesn't perform all that well. He's putting the pressure on himself would, to get this done. I 100% agree. Um, he's got the most amount of pressure on this week. I expect him to, to step up and be clutch. Um I'm excited for this weekend. I think it plays out. Denny Hamlin has the fastest race car. Kevin Harvick has the second fastest. Martin Truex will be there. We won't talk about Kyle Busch all that much. I know I'm picking him. I think the one thing that will save Kyle Busch that almost saved him last year was I think Adam Stevens is the best crew chief, one of the best crew chiefs in NASCAR. Um, Last year, their strategy almost won them the championship. If there wasn't a caution, Kyle Busch wins the championship. I think that is something we'll see from Kyle Busch this weekend. But I think it's Denny Hamlin. And and Kevin Harvick battling it out with Martin Truex there. I think I think right. I think Hamlin and Harvick. I think you get an opportunity where you're going to get one heck of a finish, and then Truex will be there if anything goes and wrong. Don't count out to, if we're talking guys that aren't in the championship to play spoiler. Don't count out Kyle Larson or Brad Keselowski or Joey Logano or Joey Logano. And he's angry that that and that if I'm Denny Hamlin. Stay away from case, the 22. It, that scares the living daylights out of me. I, I think NASCAR sits. Yeah, I think and seen, if I'm, if I'm Kyle Busch, you know, you threats. look at the run-ins he's had with Eric Almirola and Kevin Harvick's in the championship for, Eric Almirola's going to make it hell for Kevin Harvick. See, for Kyle I Bush. think we've seen arguments get to Homestead before. I think behind closed doors, NASCAR sits some of these drivers down and says, wait till next year. So here's the ultimate doomsday scenario. What about post-race tech? 
Oh, can you imagine? You you did just bring that up, didn't you? I did. Can you imagine the catastrophe if somebody, if one of the championship four fails tech? I'm I mean, guessing those cars are under lock and key the entire week. Goodness, that that would be one heck of a way to end the season, wouldn't it? That would be that'd be amazing. I know a lot of people might not like it. I, I think it'd be freaking awesome. I think it's also one heck of a way to end the show. I think it's awesome. So Trevor brings Goodbye. up tech, and now we're leaving. Goodbye. That's that's about how drivers feel about technical inspection. They just want to get through it and get out. Yeah, but that's how I felt about this radio show. <laughs> All two hours of it. Yep. Again, championship week, 2 o'clock on Sunday, the Ford EcoBoost 400. Denny Hamlin, Kevin Harvick, Kyle Busch, Martin Truex Jr. We talked a lot about Denny Hamlin. Remember, the other three drivers don't care. They want a championship of their own. They want their second. Denny Hamlin going for his first again, that one at 2 o'clock. The Xfinity Series, Christopher Bell, Cole Custer, Tyler Reddick, Justin Allgaier. That's a 2.30 start time. NBCSN, the Ford EcoBoost 300 on Saturday. The Truck Series, the Ford EcoBoost 200. 7.30 start time on Friday on Fox Sports 1. Brett Moffitt, Stuart Friesen, Matt Crafton. Ross Chastain. And Ross Chastain. I am struggled with the Truck Series all day, but we got it. That race, again, 7.30, Fox Sports 1. Championship weekend, one of the best times of the year, unfortunately, Means racing season's over, but it's a great way to end it. Forget next week as well. We'll be back. Well, Trevor might be. We don't know yet. Should be. We'll break it all down on Monday, 3 to 4, back to our normal one-hour slate. And thank you for joining us for our two-hour special, our second annual two-hour championship special here on the left turn on X106.